First, let me tell you about sweat block. You know, pigs don't actually sweat. Sweating like a pig. It doesn't refer to pigs. I mean, it really, I, mean, I don't know. It's, I don't know how, I still don't want to be a pig, but pigs, pigs stink. And I know I stink in the summer. It's like awful. I just start to sweat and my shirt just sticks to me. It's horrible. Until I started using sweat block and I use the wipes in the summertime here. I use the wipes and it is amazing. You put them under your arms. You just wipe on at night. You get up in the morning, you take a shower, and for six days, you don't need to use deodorant or antiperspirant. You don't, it's amazing. Please try this. Try the deodorant stick. It's great, but the wipes are amazing. Sweatblock.com, sweatblock.com. star on the horizon i saw this woman speak at cpac on saturday and i'm telling you she could be a president she's remarkable carrie lake the arizona gubernatorial candidate that the left is doing all they can to destroy so she doesn't become a very powerful conservative government uh, governor carrie lake joins us in 60 seconds If the World Economic Forum has anything at all to say about it, there is going to come a glorious day in the not-too-distant future when you don't ever have to pay a cell phone bill again. Won't that be great? You'll never have to pay it. I mean, because you won't have a phone. Uh, You know, you you won't own anything anymore. But you'll be happy. You'll love it, they promise. In the meantime, I'm guessing you do have to pay a phone bill every month, and it's probably astronomical. The additional kick in the teeth is that you, uh, if you're with one of those big mobile companies, chances are very good that some of your bill goes to very leftist causes. Not so with Patriot Mobile. Their plans are affordable for any budget. They're on the same cell tower, so you get the same great service. And best of all, they donate to causes that you can actually get behind, like freedom of speech, protection of life. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Go there now. Switch today. We all have to, we have to have a parallel economy. We have got to work with people who are fighting with us, not against us. 972-PATRIOT. Join them now. Get free activation with the promo code Beck. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 972-PATRIOT. Carrie Lake, welcome to the program. (laughs) Good morning, Glenn. It was good to, to hear you on stage. Oh. At they said, you're following Glenn Beck. And I said, no, I can't do that. Don't make me follow him. He's, he's you, too much of a legend. You are remarkable. Uh, I watched you and I listened to you on Saturday at CPAC. And you could someday be an easy vice presidential candidate. You could be a president. 
I don't know. Well, wh- I don't know where you're headed, let's but not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm headed to the ninth floor, the governor's office in Arizona, because we have such problems here that we need to solve. And you know, I think what we learned from President Trump is it doesn't take that much work to solve the problems if you have the will to do it. And we have the ideas. Unfortunately, this last part of the election, the primary, the media refused to cover our policies, which I believe are some of the best policies we've ever seen in Arizona, because they're America first policies brought down to the Arizona to the state level. So what? So and, give me some of those policies. Give me give me the things well, I, that you're really proud of. And you're like, can't wait to put this in. I, I really love, you know, besides the border, and I talk about that all the time, but so I want to talk about a couple of others. I want to talk about my my program to end street homelessness, chronic street homelessness. I don't know if you've been to Phoenix lately, but I have. many American cities are just turning into homeless encampments. And, yes. You know, I just don't believe God envisioned us to live in, in despair with a needle in our arm on the street. And we, we need to help these people. But we also need to remember it's not compassionate for the people of Arizona to allow this problem to grow. It takes away our quality of life. So we're going to uh, work to get the help to these people. And I've got it's a very involved plan. I won't go into every detail. Get them off the streets. And we're going to ban urban camping, as they call it, Mm -hmm. by building enough uh, shelter beds for them to have a place to stay, get them treatment, get them off the streets. And, you know, those who refuse the treatment, it's going to become a little more difficult to live in Arizona because we're not going to allow public drug use, the crimes that the chronic street homeless um, typically are taking part in. So it's a little bit of tough love, but there's a lot of love in there. And frankly, Glenn, we need all hands on deck. We need everybody to be contributing. We've got jobs that are out there that we want to put Americans into fill. So we're going to get job training for these people once we get them off the drugs. And I, I just refuse to allow any money from the state to go into a homeless program that is not showing results. That's the problem with so many of these issues. We, an industry is created around an issue, and then there's no interest in solving the problem. It just enables the problem, and we're not going to allow that anymore. Yeah, I tell so you, there, I'll, there's, I'll you, there's lots of programs out there that are showing results. They're just bad results. I mean, look at California. Holy cow. Los Angeles now is talking about uh, uh, they're voting on Friday, uh, the city council, uh, on whether or not to demand hotels from five star to dumps to every day by two o'clock post how many rooms they have open. And then they have to shelter the homeless in those rooms. That's insanity. Can you imagine? It's total insanity. And, and those kind of policies have enabled the homeless. And the drug using, um, you know, subsection of the homeless to continue to use. They're handing out needles and they're, you know, handing out food and keeping everybody on the street. What we need to do is get them off the street and we will ban the urban camping by building enough shelter beds. And President Trump kind of talked about it. I was surprised in his speech at CPAC. Mm -hmm. We're going to build enough beds so we can ban the urban camping. Because if you don't have enough beds, you can't ban urban camping. And then we're going to get the help needed, and we're going to get these people to become contributing members of society. That's uh, Build them up, help them, but we cannot continue to forget the hardworking, taxpaying Arizonans who want their parks back. They want to walk down the street without being accosted by somebody who's either uh, on drugs or mentally ill and dangerous. And we've just seen too many crimes that are committed by people who are homeless and on the streets that are serious crimes. And we can't just keep throwing money at these programs that are 
enabling people to use drugs and remain on the street. Well, there's so many things, so, so many things that are playing into this. I mean, you have the you have the border, you have the lack of respect for police, you have, you know, DAs. Uh, I mean, everything that's happening is designed to create more and more chaos. Let me talk to you about um, ESG. Are you familiar with ESG? And if so, what are you planning on doing about it in your state? What is ESG? Oh, what's that acronym? Uh, ESG is Environmental, Social, and Governance. Oh, yes. <laughs> so it's the, uh, with the Great Reset. I am familiar with that. And, and, and what part of that are you asking about my opinion? So on? I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to send you a copy of my book. Uh, there are states that are now taking it on. I think about 22 and the state treasury are pulling all of their um, their resources, all of their investments out of any group like BlackRock that is yes. enforcing ESG standards because it's 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 not good. It's just going to cripple no. everything. I, uh, I'm with you on that 100%, and we have, uh, uh, hopefully, Kimberly Yee, who is our state treasurer, will get on board with that. We should not be investing. You know, when I was doing a lot more investing when President Trump was in office, I, I looked at companies that I respected that respected us, and that's what I wanted to put my money into. Mm-hmm. And we need to start looking at that. We've got, we've got to stop investing our state money. And some of these banks, for example, that we're doing banking within the state, they are against our constitutional rights. They won't work with people who uh, manufacture ammo or guns. Yeah. Pretty soon it's going to get to where they won't work with you if you don't have the same ideological beliefs they have. So what is if your you're a Trump supporter? What is the main thing that drives you? The main issues that drive you? Obviously the border. What else really is driving you? Is it education? I, is it what? You know, Yes. My education plan calls for a dual track education after 10th grade. And, and, you know, Glenn, you and I are old enough to remember when we kind of had this in our schools. So after 10th grade, you decided if you were going to take that route to go to a four-year college, or -hmm. if you wanted to go and get trade skills, Mm -hmm. trade training, if you wanted to get uh, vocational training or certification, the majority of jobs out there don't require a four-year college. They require a little bit of training and you can go out and actually make a good living. They have this down in one of the schools near Tucson in the Vail school district. They have a a welding program in their school. It's so popular. They had to grow it the first year. Every student who graduates high school from that welding program has a job offer between 70,000 and a hundred thousand with full benefits. These are the smart kids. I'm telling you, they're going to be able to make a living, provide for their family someday. And we've got to start providing our kids a true education that prepares them for the real world out there, not some fantasy land world where they're ending up in debt, working at a Starbucks. So how would you compare yourself to, let's say, uh, DeSantis, where he is pretty much taking the bull by the horns on every subject uh, and uh, getting a lot of heat for it? Where are you when you look at how you would handle your job and how how would you get the uh, the House and the Senate on board with you to be able to pass um, laws and not edicts? Well, let's start with um, the DeSantis part. I, I absolutely love the man. I've wa- been watching him for a long time, and I love that he doesn't care what the media thinks. He cares about the people of Florida. 
and he cares about freedom. And so I would do a lot of the same things here. And we need somebody who is not going to cower to the media. We've got to start having Republicans who say, we don't care what they're saying. We care about effective policy that helps our constituents. And so I really respect what he's doing. And I might even copy a few of the things he's doing if he doesn't mind. Yeah, I don't so, think he would. I don't think but, he would. Um, when it comes to our legislature, I, that's a great question. And I, I've already been thinking about that. As a matter of fact, I, I talked to President Trump along the way and I said, would you please consider endorsing some people in the legislature? I, if you want me to be successful as a governor, I've got to have a legislature I can work with. You know, we had a we had a majority, but it was a one vote majority in Arizona. And it was we, with three rhinos in the yeah. legislature. It made it really hard to get a meaningful election a, a legislation planned or through rather. And so he did endorse three people and we got rid of three rhinos and I'm really oh, excited good. about that. That's so good. that'll help. And I think we're going to have a red wave and I will work very closely with the legislature. As I said, I'm running for governor, not God. We need the legislature to do good work and make sure we're addressing the real problems out there. Okay. I'm back with Carrie Lake here in just a second. Let me take a one minute break and tell you about the Tuttle twins. Your children are a gift. I think most people in this audience believe that our children are a gift from God. And that gift comes with it huge responsibility. They are our responsibility. We know to feed them, to clothe them, uh, to ensure that there's a roof over their head, but also to educate. We have to educate. We can use all kinds of resources that we have known for a long, long time. But when it comes to history, American history... It's almost impossible unless you're using 50-year-old-plus school books. I want you to check out the Tuttle Twins' new book. It's called America's History. you got to strike right now or we will lose our country and our kids. It is the doorway for your children into the world of understanding that they must have if we're going to keep this republic. I want you to go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Take advantage of America's History book. America's History book is a brand new book. It's like 280 some pages. It is really good. It is not your typical history book. It focuses on the story of America and the ideas that created us. It's crucial in the here and now. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. Carrie Lake, she is running for governor in Arizona. Carrie, you called the media uh, evil bastards on Saturday. <laughs> uh, I know, I, I uh, you know, I, I know what you meant by that. I feel the same way. Why do you say that? Because you said it with real conviction, and you have been on the inside. Well, I, I really called the media and the people that were part of, and it may, it may have been the media. I don't know the people who were. Uh, part of trying to bring me down in the primary. And so I don't know who that could have been, but you know, when they're, when you're following people's children and you're taking pictures of them and you're parking outside trying to intimidate. Mm. So I think a part of that was, you know, my opponent, perhaps, I don't know. Um, but the media has been just disgusting. I can't believe, you know, I, I, when I walked away, Glenn, I knew it was bad, but I didn't think it could go any lower. Oh, yeah. I have been running an amazing campaign. They've never covered our policy. I mean, there's obviously alternative media that does, but the mainstream media, corporate media, 
has never covered my policy. It has been just personal destruction, an effort to destroy somebody. And the, the sad thing is they're not even telling the truth. I mean, if, if I've done something out there that mm-hmm. is worthy of me being destroyed, then, then I'm fine with that. Cover the truth. But the truth wasn't enough for them. So they just heaped on lies and lies and lies. And it's just the good thing is, though, the people of Arizona aren't believing them because I've been in their homes I know. for 27 years. They know me. And so all of these ridiculous attack ads and the terrible hit pieces the media does has not had an effect on the voter. And I'm really happy about that. It's, I think there's, a, I don't know who said it. I need to look it up. Maybe it was Zig Ziglar or something like mm. that. It was one of those uh, quotes that if you live your life, live your life in a way or in a manner that if they speak ill of you, no one will believe it. Right. And I think that kind of sums up why it didn't work. Yeah, I think, you know, you and Donald Trump have something going for you. You've been in people's homes for a very long time before you were political and people made up their mind about you. Um, And, you know, being a news anchor in uh, uh, Arizona for as long as you were, um, they they have to spend an extra amount of time destroying you because, again, you are it's a weird thing with television. People invite you into their living room and you are with them every day, holding their hands when it's really scary and telling them the hard news when sometimes they don't want to hear it. And there's a great deal of trust Mm -hmm. that goes with that if you earn that trust. You also talked about um, destroying the McCain machine. What did you mean by that? Well, I don't think people realize how um, huge our victory was. The McCain machine is, is kind of the political apparatus that's been operating in Arizona for a generation. And unfortunately, it wasn't a machine that was definitely looking out for we the people. It was more of a political power that you could not even run for office unless you made your way through that machine and were approved by that machine. And it is a very powerful machine, and we managed to defeat it. And I'm very proud of that. I think people are trying to read into it that I'm being uh, disrespectful of John McCain. I'm talking about the apparatus he created. And, uh, you know, the McCains, you can't say anything about their dad who was in politics for 40 years Mm -hmm. without them thinking they're being attacked. It's like, no, your father was in politics for 40 years. Trust me. I know attack. I've been in it for one year and they're attacking. (laughs) (laughs) It comes with the territory. You go into politics and you get to be criticized. So one and, of, um, go ahead, go ahead, finish I'm up. Just hap- I'm just happy that I, I believe that the Repu- Republican Party, the new Republican Party is truly the party of we the people and America first. And I want to welcome people into it. There are so many people waking up, Glenn, Democrats waking up every day saying, what the hell's going on? This is not what I thought it was. I, I we, this party is, is, uh, decrepit. I'm sorry, Joe Biden is, and the party is as well. It's dead end ideas. It's dysfunctional and we don't want to be part of it. And as they leave that party, I think we need to welcome them in to the party of America first. I liked what you said about this uh, in at CPAC. I, I, I really, as good as it makes you feel, and I'm glad that it's gone to, uh, uh, you know, let's go, Brandon. I think that's fantastic. I love it. It's a joke. And it's not hurtful where it started. I really don't like. Uh, And, uh, you know, um, just calling people names and that's that's not going to help us. We have to because they are waking up and those people have to see uh, a welcoming, happy group of people 
not a bunch of people like they just left would they want to find that that was the secret with reagan was he was a happy warrior and you knew he loved the country and that's really that's what's separating us now the people who want to destroy us and the people who say hey we have some problems but we can fix them the base here the stock is really good we've just screwed it up that's the difference and we have to welcome Mm -hmm. those people in amen that's how we save our country. And, and, you know, everything else is just distraction. I think that number one issue, obviously the border, we've got to solve that problem. And I have a plan for that. I actually have this, the strongest plan that the country's ever seen to secure our border. We have all these really, yeah, give me a, give me a taste number of one. Give me a taste of that. Oh, well, we, on day one, we declare an invasion at the border and we send our Arizona National Guard troops to the border. We stop people from coming across because right now they got to come across with the Border Patrol. The, Joe Biden's in charge. We're going to take charge using Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 of the U.S. Constitution. We are being invaded. We're in imminent danger and there's no time for delay. And we are going to use that clause to take back our control of the border at, at the state level. And take it back from the federal government because they're doing nothing. So, and then we're going to finish President Trump's wall with the materials that are on the border left there. Let, let me ask you, obviously, you have talked to attorneys about using that clause. Um, and Texas has not used it. And we feel the same thing. It is an invasion. Um, what what is the argument again? Well, how are they going to try to take that apart legally? Well, they will try to take it apart. But when I put that policy together, we brought in some of the greatest minds in the Constitution, in law and in border security. And we we put together a policy and I said, this has to make it through. We're not going to have a policy where, you know, week one, we can't do it anymore. Right. Um, it's never been tried, but it's right there in the Constitution. And we know for a fact we're being invaded. Yeah. And once we declare the invasion, we're ready to take on that fight. We're absolutely ready. Obviously, the guarantee clause requires the federal government to do their job, and right. they're not doing it. Uh, your website is carrylake, K-A-R-I, lake.com. If you want to get involved and find out more, carrylake.com. Thank you, Carrie. The Glenn Beck Program. What would a Cold War be, uh, you know, if China wasn't involved, too? <laughs> I mean, that would be... That would be great. Nancy Pelosi seemed to do her job. You know, she seems like I'm anxious to find out what's going on. Other powerful nations are attacking the dominance of the U.S. dollar at the same time as the world's reserve currency. Listen to me. Once that happens, we lose our world currency. Our money is worthless. It is worthless. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa have all joined forces now to create a new international currency. If they succeed, all of your savings and assets backed by inflated dollars, what does that mean? That means Germany. Please call Goldline. They're bringing back an extremely rare product that has been sold out for months. It's the historic $5 Liberty Coins are back. They will sell out immediately, so don't wait to call. This is a historic coin. Thank you, Goldline, for giving away the uh, pure half-ounce platinum coin with every roll of 20 of the historic $5 Liberties. Goldline.com, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. Got to see the new socks at blazesocks.com. Use the code EATSABUGS for 20% off.
We have uh, a good friend and a friend of the program and a brilliant individual, James Lindsay, uh, who has just been permanently banned from Twitter after calling a Harvard instructor a child sexualization specialist. Which I guess might be a euphemism for groomer, but I don't think so. That could be a very legitimate term if you're if you're part of this. How do we sexualize children? Uh, you could be a specialist in that, and it wouldn't have necessarily a bad connotation for the left. But as you know, you cannot say groomer. You can call anybody you want a Nazi. You can call them Hitler. You can call them anything, but you dare not call somebody a groomer. And, you know, part of that I agree with. I, you know, if it was if it was uh, equally enforced, groomer has a very specific meaning. And I don't want to overuse that word because that entirely is a real thing. Somebody who grooms somebody to have sex with them. Um, I think they are. I, I think this movement is much more child sexualization. But I do believe that there are people in this movement that are absolute groomers. They know what they're doing. Uh, We have James Lindsay here because I, for the life of me, James, cannot find out what this argument was really all about, only that you've been banned. Yeah, I think um, I beat them at a word game, so they had to kick me out of the matrix. Because <laughs> the last thing in the world they will tolerate is somebody being better at words than they are. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they kicked me out temporarily a couple of weeks ago for calling similar people and some of the same people groomers. Um, I did not know at the time that they had changed the rules to make groomer illegal. Uh, so, okay. And then um, I saw the same people and I called them child sexualization specialists as, instead, which is a little bit more of a specific term because that's what they're doing. They're using a p- particular ideology called queer theory to sexualize children. Correct. And so, okay. Which is different, what they are. <clears throat> which in some ways is very different than grooming. It doesn't have the intent that I'm going to have sex with you. It's just trying to get the kids to have sex. Um, and that's, that's clearly what is happening. Yeah, exactly. So um, Twitter did not like this one bit because I was mass reported by these people, um, which, by the way, violate Twitter's terms of service. But we see again that Twitter doesn't have consistent enforcement of any of its terms of service. In fact, I was accused in the relevant tweet of being a bigot against black women, which is false and malicious. But I still have no recourse. The person is not banned for accusing me of such a thing um, Mm. without evidence. And so the the issue here is that, I mean, there's the Twitter issue and then there's the real issue. The Twitter issue is that Twitter is complicit in whatever's going on, not passively, but actively. It has taken a side in defending people who are actively sexualizing children, and that side is to defend those people. And that the real issue then is that the rampant sexualization of children for ideological and political purposes is running unchecked in our society and has... Uh, systemic and institutional support from some of the biggest corporations and entities in our country, including our federal government. James, it is uh, it's terrifying how evil this really is. They are attacking our family, but not necessarily in the way you would expect. The uh, schools are attacking the parents. They're attacking all societal norms. Um, They are confusing our children. What's going on with gender reassignment is 
is absolute insanity. And now, thank God, Finland, Sweden, the UK, uh, a couple of others are now saying we got to stop this. Don't follow America down this insane road. It's extraordinarily dangerous. Uh, but we just keep putting the, the pedal down and moving faster and faster on it. Uh, and I, I just I, I know people see it. I just don't know if they know how far along this is really advanced against our children. So what was this woman at Harvard? What were you guys talking about? Why did you call her this? Not sure who you're talking about. There is no woman at Harvard that's relevant here. There is a person who poses as a woman relevant here. Uh, but <laughs> wait, 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 wait. In a reply to Alexandra Colorado or whatever, a clinical instructor at Harvard Law School Cyber Law Clinic who had quoted, mm-hmm. uh, quote, tweeted something he posted and wrote. Uh, you wrote something. I don't even know. What, what was it that you wrote? What did she object to? How did this happen? So, I mean, it's this kind of stupid ongoing argument where OK Groomer has kind of gone back and forth between myself and this individual whom I will not call a woman for any reason whatsoever. And uh, because unlike, say, oh. Kentonji Brown-Jackson, without referring to an expert or deferring to an expert, I do know what a woman is, and it's not that. And so that said. Wow. Um, See, you, I mean, I'm telling you, you this this story even comes from the blaze. And it comes from a really good writer of ours, but they're leave. That's a big part of the story. It's hard but to it's, tell. So you're saying this is not a, allowed to. This is a transgendered person who is saying she's a woman, but you're saying it's a man, right? That that's that's. I'm un- saying I'm no longer participating in that uh, for illusion. You. Got it. Okay, okay. I'm good. done with it. Good. And so, yeah, to be clear, anyway, the, the stupid, it was kind of this ongoing, okay, groomer, okay, groomer, kind of poke the bear, tease the, tease the situation with this same individual many times over a course of a few months. And then finally, in this case, it turned out not to be anything to do with it. The person had said that Alex Jones's attorneys were curing people of um, imposter syndrome, thus implying that those attorneys are completely incompetent, to which I replied, now do Kamala Harris for which this person accused me of what made up a term called misogynoir that was invented in 2010, which is a specific form of misogyny directed at black women. And I said, okay, <sighs> child sexualization specialist to be dismissive. And, <laughs> and, just and to play the same Twitter, word game. Exactly the same. Word just, game. It's yeah. just stupid. And so, I mean, it's Twitter, it's Twitter sparring. It's just nonsense. And so this was uh, apparently worthy of a lifetime ban from Twitter for myself and any account they think that I might be running um, in the future. So clearly Twitter is complicit in protecting whatever's going on when you invoke those words, because those words are huge no-nos, which it seems to be that they're complicit in protecting the sexualization of our children. And as you said, it is a very advanced uh, problem. They are doing this rampantly. They're doing it in the schools. They're doing it behind the parents' back. The state of California is passing legislation to make itself a LGBTQ, they call it sanctuary state, so that if any child from any state in the union, any of the other 49, makes it to California that declares themselves LGBTQ and needing sanctuary, they are now a ward of the state of California. California can take people's children away from them in other states if the child can just get within California's borders and request uh, that that designation. And so this is to the point where it's extremely destructive. It is 
teaching children in secret in schools not to trust their parents, to want to turn on their parents, mm-hmm. to not to believe their parents don't understand them, that their faith, that their culture, that our nation is all irrelevant and obsolete and needs to be overthrown. And using the idea that you don't know who you really are unless you join in what they call queer theory, understandings of who you are, a queer identity uh, to get there, which is destabilizing of not just the family and the faith, but the child itself. This is how you induce personality disorders. This is, we talked about irreparable, dam- irreparable damage from the physical transition, the chemicals, the, the puberty blockers, the hormones, the surgeries, but this is irreparable psychological and emotional damage being done to our kids. And this is the issue. This is the, this is where we have to draw a line and say, this stops now in this country. And so I'm working with lawmakers around the country now to ban these things, uh, uh, very specifically and with with extreme uh, consequence for teachers who think they're going to be little smart asses and keep it going. Who's working with you now? What states do, do can you say? I mean, I could mention, I guess, a couple. I'm definitely working with lawmakers directly in Idaho, which is not fooling around with this. I've talked to lawmakers in Oklahoma. I'm working with locals here in Tennessee, where I live, and I would love to continue. There are a few others. I'd love to work with, with, with lawmakers across the country. I've talked with federal lawmakers about this as well. And should there be this red wave in the House and the Senate this uh, November, um, these people are on notice. The law is not going to be on their side, and they're not going to get preferential and differential treatment from the law for much longer. Well, um, I tell you, I don't know who makes it to the finish line first, but they're accelerating, James. I mean, you know what I love about you is you're a guy who probably 10 years ago, if you if you would have known who I was, I don't know if you did, probably would have said, I disagree with everything that guy says. Um, oh yeah, you were you were the, the big evil. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew who you were ten years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and oh, you know that crazy guy. Yeah, crazy. Um, and you were you were honest in your views and went, wait a minute, I I, I might be on the crazy side. I'm not, I, and I don't even think you thought I'm on Glenn's side or I'm on that side. You're just like my side's going nuts. And you've done your homework, and you're so brilliant. Um, and you have a lot of, a lot of answers, but you also have a viewpoint from both sides. You know what both sides, uh, are doing. Um, do, do, do we win? I mean, I am optimistic to be honest with you, uh, just to be really kind of dark to get to an optimistic point, (laughs) both the Bolsheviks in Russia and the Chinese communist party under Mao, attempted the sexualization of children and had to back off from it because it was actually too inflammatory. And it seems like they've removed all breaks in America from this. This is the issue where it stops being partisan. This is the issue where it becomes about parents and children. This is the issue where uh, parents become, and then, of course, decent people allying themselves with parents, become the largest political bloc conceivable. And so I think that they're going to do some damage. I think for a number of months or maybe even years to come, they're going to continue to do damage. But this is going to flip around. And this is going, I've been saying for two years, I've been telling my my, my colleagues at work, queer theory is going to be their downfall. Once that gets unleashed and it's now unleashed in full, they're not going to be able to stop it because it's run primarily by crazy people mm-hmm. who will not put the genie back in the bottle. Mm-hmm. And it is so abhorrent that it will be uh, their downfall. And that's where they've decided to go. And, you know, okay, uh, fine. They've set the terms and we're going to win the table.
The author of Race Marxism, James Lindsay, the founder of New Discourses, uh, you can find him at newdiscourses.com, newdiscourses.com. And what's the name of your podcast? It's New Discourses, isn't it? Yeah, the New Discourses podcast. If, you, yeah. if people go there, I actually read literal papers from education theory and queer theory that Marxists publish. And you can hear in their own words, with my clarifications through their complicated language, exactly yes. what they're saying, exactly what they intend. I did one recently on Drag Queen Story Hour. They have a paper about it. You should go listen to it. It's called Groomer Schools 4 is the title of the podcast. You can find it very easily. Why is it so important that they do this? The, 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 the uh, transgender, the, the queer story hour? Oh, oh, because it is a method of inducing children to ask the questions, which then justifies the their allowance to do the curriculum. So they don't they can't just introduce sexual curriculum very easily without getting in trouble. And therefore, they make the children ask the question, why are you a man dressed as a woman? And then they can start to have a discussion about do men really have to dress like men and do women have to dress like women? Isn't that arbitrary? Couldn't you feel differently? Maybe you want to be one of these people. Maybe you want to dress differently. And they can use that. It's called a generative theme in Marxist education. Uh, it's got a whole lineage of 50 years of, of educational exploration. And so that's the mechanism by which they're, they're doing this. James, thank you so much for everything that you do. You can follow him at newdiscourses.com. James Lindsay. God bless, brother. Keep it up. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Uh, relief factor. I mean, you imagine how depressed he was for a long time. Jeez, I'm a friend of Glenn Beck. That guy's nuts. I can definitely imagine it. Yes, deeply for 20 years. Seems oddly specific. When you're feeling good, it's easy to be top of the world. When you're feeling good, you can pretty much, you know, do anything all day long, any day. But there's something about feeling good that drives you not to only be able to do things, but want to do them. So when pain comes along and tries to derail that feeling permanently, you've got to fight back with everything you have. And for me, that meant fighting with Relief Factor. That was me actually first fighting with my wife, telling her it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Nothing helps me. I've tried everything. And finally, she said, you got to try everything. Try this. And I did. And it worked for me. It has four key ingredients to help your body fight inflammation, which is usually the cause of pain and a lot of our body's problems. Three-week quick start developed for you is $19.95. It's a dollar a day like a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. 70% of them go on to order more. It's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. Relieffactor.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck program. So I want to give you an update. Uh, there's another gun shop. Uh, this one in Arizona, Black Metal Firearms in Mesa. Uh, the ATF inspector came in and was taking pictures of his sales records on her personal phone. Um, the video is out and available. They asked the ATF. They were supposedly just doing a reg regular audit which they usually just look through the records and say, there's a problem here you need to fix, here you need to fix. But they don't look at the actual um, uh, names and 
the sales records unless it's one in particular. They don't get the whole log. He walks out of the room. She starts to just take pictures on her phone of 4,000 sales. And he says to her, uh, excuse me, you, you, you can't do that. Uh, it's, it, it's not legal. And she said, it's part of my investigation. And he said, well, um, you know, a lot of our customers are concerned if you would copy their personal information. She said, sounds like your customers are just being paranoid. And then that's it. She continued to do it. I'm telling you right now, the ATF and the FBI and especially the IRS after this this climate warming bill went through, the IRS is going to be bigger than all of those things combined. Uh, you don't know your constitutional rights with these presidential run uh, administrative arms that now have giant police forces and guns they are spooky and they're going to get a lot spookier we need to learn our rights with the atf the fbi the irs we need to learn our rights this is the glenn back program